All right, hey guys, Shane here, and welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. This is episode 11, and it's titled, Is It Always God's Will to Heal? I know that this is going to be one that might ruffle some feathers, but I really believe it's important that we explore this question because it has brought a lot of peace to people that understand God's will, but it also has brought a lot of discomfort and a lot of anxiety and a lot of tension and questions for those that don't properly understand. And so I believe that I'm going to be able to help you understand the answer to this question. Is it always God's will to heal? And on Sunday night, I'll be dropping episode 12, which is exploring what happens when we don't see healing. That'll be titled, How to Respond When We Don't See Someone Healed. But today we're going to explore, is it always God's will to heal? And I first want to thank you for listening. Um, I can't thank you guys enough. We've had thousands and thousands and thousands of streams in the first week. And we're still in the top 40 out of 92,000 podcasts. It's incredible. And again, for those of you who don't know, I'm an unpaid missionary. Everything I do is sponsored by your generosity. Literally how I pay my rent, support my family, put gas in my car, food on the table, everything is by generous monthly donors. And this is free, much like 99% of the things I do. The events that I put on are going to be free. Um, I just did a nationwide tour last year, 44 cities, absolutely free for anyone to come. Uh, This podcast is free, TikTok's free, Instagram's free, YouTube's free, you name it, it's free. The only thing I charge for is my book that I wrote and self-published, and it's only 10 bucks. So all of that to say, If you guys want to help us keep going, would you consider partnering with us a small monthly gift of $5 a month? I'm not asking for more than that. Consider $5 a month. It's a cup of coffee every month. I think it comes out to like 15 cents a day or something, 16 cents a day if you were to save up. And it can really make a difference. You can support us through Anchor or through Modern Day. Those links are available in the description or through my website, shanewinnings.com. And of course, make sure you follow us. Follow Spotify, follow on Apple, follow on Anchor, turn on notifications, hit the bell so that you get updates when I post a new episode and we can keep getting into your ears. Okay, let's get into it. Today we're exploring God's will. Now, I've heard people say, well, brother, you can't know the will of God. That's arrogant, that's prideful. Well, let's look at the Bible. I don't like to have an opinion on things if the word clearly defines it. Romans 12.2, it says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Wow. So not only are we supposed to know the will of God, we're supposed to prove it by our lives. What an honor that God has revealed the mysteries of himself through the person of his son, Jesus Christ, and he has given us the Holy Spirit, which is to lead us into all truth and to reveal things about God's word and about himself that we could not know before. It's incredible. A true life that's in reverence to God will bring him glory and honor, not us, not shame. If I'm living a life that brings myself glory and it doesn't completely point to Jesus Christ and to the Father, I'm doing it wrong. 
But if I walk in the knowledge of the will of my Father, and I go out and I prove God's will, then he should be getting all of the glory. And so today we're talking about healing. Are we responsible for knowing and carrying out God's will regarding healing? Well, yes, we are. Romans 12, 2. But what is his will regarding healing? Well, let's look at the life of Jesus Christ. You know, there's healings throughout the Old Testament, and those are great. You know, I think about Elijah who laid on the boy several times and cried out to God, and he was brought back from the dead. And then Elisha did the same exact thing. And we see people being restored in the Old Testament. But when it comes to praying to God for people to be healed, there is no better example than Jesus Christ himself. Now, as we talked about in the last episode, I'm not going to get into that. But Jesus came as fully man and fully God. He came reliant on the Holy Spirit to do all of his miracles and everything else. And he tells us, I'm giving you that same Holy Spirit. So Jesus healed as a man walking in perfect relationship with God. He was always God, but he chose to rely on the Holy Spirit to do these miracles. And that Holy Spirit would eventually raise him from the dead. It's incredible. So Jesus came showing us the will of God. How do we know that? Jesus said, I only do what the Father is doing, and I only say what the Father is saying. John 14, 9, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Colossians 1, 15, Jesus is the expressed image of the invisible God. I'm going to use a lot of scripture here because it's important to understand that all of this is biblical. I'm not just going to talk, you know, out of my opinion or out of my experience. We're going to go to the word. And I challenge you, study the word. Challenge everything that I'm saying. Look it up for yourself. I'll tell you where the verses are found. So Jesus showed us God's will. He never did anything outside of his will, and he only did what was God's will. So here's a fact. 100% healing record. That was Jesus Christ. Not one person was ever turned away. Every single person, 100% of the time, you can go look it up. Every person that asked Jesus to be healed was healed. Every person that Jesus encountered that needed to be healed was healed. He never said no. He never said it's not God's timing. He never gave an excuse. He never turned anyone away. Now, There is one story of someone not being healed, but it wasn't even by Jesus. It was by the disciples. And it was the story of the boy who was being thrown into the fire by a demon. And they can't cast this demon out of this boy, and they're baffled. I want you to think about that for a moment. Sometimes we're baffled when we see a miracle. Sometimes we're marveling when we cast a demon out. If you're not walking in this regularly and you find yourself in that situation and, you know, Someone gets healed or a demon gets cast out and you go, oh my gosh, you know, it worked. That is revealing that we don't walk in the same power that the disciples walked in. And that's another discussion that we'll have at a later date. But they were walking in miracles so often, saw them so regularly that they were marveling at the fact they were, they were stumped. They were dumbfounded that they could not cast this demon out of this boy. And the man brings his son to Jesus, and he says, hey, your guys couldn't get it done. Now, here's the thing. It's important to look at Jesus' response to his disciples right now. 
Jesus did not coddle them. He didn't praise them for trying. Now, this might be a version of Jesus that we wouldn't like, but you know as well as I do that truth is what sets people free, not catering to emotions. If you really love someone, you'll tell them the truth. And you will be loving when you do it. Listen to Jesus here. He doesn't coddle them. He doesn't say, guys, hey, way to get out there and and pray. I'm proud of you guys, you know. You got out there, you laid hands on the sick, you know, you gave it your best, way to go. No, that was not Jesus in this story. In fact, in the face of unbelief, Jesus only rebuked people. That would make us highly uncomfortable. We would probably pull Jesus off of the ministry team in the modern day church. And I'm not hating on the church. I love the church. I'm saying I've been a part of the church. We do not like rebukes, especially in the area of unbelief. We get our feelings hurt. Jesus basically says this. That boy was not healed because you guys were too busy in your flesh too busy in your earthly mind. He wasn't healed because of your unbelief, because of what you're failing to see. You guys need to pray and fast so that you can see clearly. This kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. So this guy comes, he brings the boy to Jesus. Jesus doesn't say this, oh, sir, listen, the reason your boy wasn't healed, it's because, you know, that healing is reserved for me. I'm the Messiah. I'm the anointed one, the son of God. I can only do this healing. It isn't for everyone. Nope, he didn't say that. He didn't say, sir, you know, love you. My father loves you in heaven. Your boy will be healed one day when he dies. When he dies, he'll go be with God in heaven and he will be fully restored to have a brand new body. No more pain, no more sickness. It's going to be beautiful, but for now he's going to have to endure this. He didn't say that either. He didn't say, sir, it's not God's timing. He's using this to teach you something. He didn't say that, and I might be offending some people right now because we've heard and maybe even believed these lines. They are not biblical. God is not a manipulative father who curses you with a demon or a sickness so that he can teach you something. Listen, guys, the enemy is a jerk. He's out there to steal, kill, and destroy. Why do we blame God? Why do we say, well, you allowed it? What God did allow was perfect free will. He allowed it. He even allowed the devil to have his own free will and Satan wanted power and he was kicked out of heaven and now he does his thing. So free will goes back way further than us. It's not God's fault. I even hear this line among atheists a lot and people of other religions, they are mad at God when bad things happen. And I say, well, it's free will. You're just mad that someone exercised their free will on you, and you're mad at God about it. But you're never mad when God gives you free will to do whatever you want. So we have free will. And the enemy's out there, and he's doing what he's doing. He's he's trying to see if we have faith. And Jesus proved that because the disciples asked Jesus, why could we not cast this thing out? Why couldn't we do it? Tell us. And he says, because of your unbelief. He says, you wicked and perverse generation. How long am I going to have to be with you? This kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. I want you to think about that for a minute. Like we love Jesus. Sometimes we picture him as this like teddy bear 
savior, you know. My friend Isaiah Saldivar says the gummy bear, <laughs> cookie cutter, Christianity. And sometimes the Holy Spirit is nurturing like that and he's loving, but this is not what we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with unbelief, which is a major deal. And if you go and actually do a study in the New Testament on how Jesus responds to unbelief, it, you're not going to like it. They say, Jesus, why could we not cast this demon out? Listen to what he says. You wicked, you twisted and perverse generation. Perverse means their, 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 their way of thinking is not on God. It's not right. It's fleshly. It's, it's earthly. It's sensual and demonic. Now think, this demon is throwing this kid into the fire. Some translation says it's causing him to have seizures. That's a very visual thing. And so they're probably praying for this boy. He starts freaking out, gets thrown into the fire. And instead of staying in a place of faith and understanding God's will, they're looking at this boy in a fire, seizing, being totally manifested by a demon. And now they're praying out of their flesh or if they're even praying at all. They're sensual. And Jesus is like, guys... This boy needs the kingdom. Now I've given you all authority to do exactly what I'm doing because it's by the power of the Holy Spirit unto God. And you're too busy in your flesh. You're too busy in your earthly mind. You guys need to go pray and fast. You see, Jesus has been talking about belief. He says it's because of your unbelief. And then he says, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. I've heard it preached that the demon of seizures or the demon of whatever only comes out through prayer and fasting. That's not true. That is a, an improper way uh, to read this scripture. Jesus isn't even talking about the demon anymore. He's talking about their belief. And we don't pray and fast for demons to leave. The reason we pray and fast, and I'll do an episode fully on prayer and fasting, and it'll probably have to be several parts, but we pray and fast to suppress our carnal, fleshly, earthly tendencies, our, our human nature, our flesh, so that we can see the way that God sees. We don't fast to move God. We don't fast to move a demon. We fast so that when we pray, we are in full faith because our flesh is not getting in the way. That's why Jesus says, you need to pray and fast. This kind of unbelief that you have only comes out through prayer and fasting. So belief is the key. Because what Jesus is saying, he didn't say, guys, it's okay. This kind of prayer is only for me. I can only cast these kinds of demons out. I can only heal these kinds of people. No. He's saying, if you would pray and fast and see the way that I see, you would have healed that boy too. We have the great privilege of taking Jesus and the Father at their word. So, what is the word? Let's look at it. I've got a lot of verses here, so let's go through them. John 14, 12. Truly, truly. He's emphasizing. Hey, you know, if Jesus says anything, you know it's true. If he says, truly, I tell you, you know, like, hey, he's emphasizing this. Jesus says it twice. So that's like, this is major emphasis. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, does whoever mean the disciples? Does it mean just the apostles? Does it mean whoever? Because if whoever only means the disciples, then I wonder about John 3.16. Whoever believes in me will not perish, but also have everlasting life. So let's get this straight right away. Whoever means whoever. Okay, that's for me and you. Whoever believes in me, 
will also do the what? <laughs> will also do the works that I do. What are the works that Jesus did? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, preach the gospel. Wow. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Guys, are you hearing this? This is in your Bible, John 14, 12. And he says this, and greater works than these he will do. Oh my gosh, that's heretical. Jesus says that we're going to do greater things. I mean, he's Jesus. He's the anointed one. He's the Messiah. He's the son of God. What? Well, these are Jesus's words. We should probably believe them. Okay, okay, okay. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Okay, that's amazing. We get to do everything that Jesus is doing. But he's not done. It's like the, but wait, there's more. And greater works than these he will do. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. Jesus is saying there's going to be a point where I go to heaven and you guys are going to do even greater things than I've done. What's greater than what Jesus did? What about making a TikTok video that gets 3 million views praying for people to be healed and thousands of people get healed? Jesus didn't have a TikTok. Jesus couldn't preach to millions of people at once. Isn't it amazing that Jesus knew this world is going to continue to advance and technology is going to come into play and the gospel will be preached to all nations? Amazing. Okay, that's just one verse. I hope we can make it through all these. John 14, 13, the very next verse. And whatever you ask in my name. Does whatever mean whatever? I looked it up. It means whatever. Okay. I'm not being sarcastic here, guys. The, the, the arguments in this topic are so bizarre. And we just need to go back to the Bible. Okay. Whatever you ask in my name. That I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Okay, so if you ask God for a Ferrari, is God going to be glorified through Jesus Christ? No, that's a selfishly motivated prayer. Now, what if you meet someone in the store and you're sharing with them about God because you saw that they have a broken arm and you say, you know what, God loves you and he paid the price for your life and Jesus healed the sick and he said we would too and I really just want to pray for you because I know that, that God's real and he could touch you right now. Listen, if that person gets healed, who's getting the glory? You just got done telling them that God loves them so much and he paid the price for them and all these things and then they get healed. Who are they glorifying when they go home? God. So does it sound like praying for someone to be healed is inside of the will of God? Well, I mean, we saw it in Jesus' life, but just look at this verse alone. Analytically, does it make sense that God would get the glory? Wow. Next verse, John 16, 23, ask anything. I looked it up. Anything means anything, anything. Ask anything in my name and the Father will give it to you. Matthew 21, 22, and whatever, there's that word again, you ask in prayer, you will receive. Oh, here's a little caveat. If you have faith. So we can't just ask amiss. The Bible even says, Someone who asks and they doubts, they are wavering. They're good for nothing. They're not going to receive anything from God. So when you pray, ask in faith. Because if you don't, you're double-minded. 
That's, that's the Bible. That's pretty strong. So faith is the goal. We're even saved by faith. For by grace you have been saved through knowledge of Christ, through perfect understanding of Christ, through a one-on-one encounter with Christ, through an open vision where you saw Jesus Christ in the flesh. No. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. The Bible says that faith is the evidence of things not seen, the substance of things hoped for. Faith is believing in what you do not see, but you believe in your heart and with your mind and with your flesh, with everything in you, you believe this is real. Even though I don't see it, maybe I don't even feel it, I believe this is real. That's faith. Mark eleven twenty three. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Okay, that is massive. Now, now this verse is in reference to the fig tree that Jesus cursed. And later they were walking by this tree and it had withered. And the disciples were like, um, hey, Lord, that tree that you cursed, look at it. It's withered. And he's like, why are you marveling at this? Why is this a big deal to you? You guys could actually tell this mountain to be cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt and you actually believe what you're saying, it will be done. That, that is crazy to me. Now, listen, was Jesus exaggerating? Was he setting them up for failure and setting us up for failure? Was he like, yeah, 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 guys, you can cast a mountain into the ocean. Like, just you just got to believe. That's it. But he didn't mean it. Was he setting us up for failure and then he's just in heaven like laughing because we're trying to cast mountains into the sea? I've done it. <laughs> when I was a new believer, I was like, man, the Bible says this. Like, what is this doing? I had no, I needed some, I needed some discipling. I had a lot of zeal. It was a little mountain. I wasn't trying to cast Mount Rainier into the Puget Sound. I figured that would have some geographical, you know, repercussions. But I was like, well, this little hill, you know, I'm going to toss this thing into the lake. Anyways, I'm being vulnerable with you guys. I I have so much zeal and thank God he sent people into my life to help me. (laughs) But like, look at this verse. What? You have to ask yourself this. Was Jesus exaggerating and was he setting us up for failure? No, because that's manipulative and that's deceptive and that's twisted and that's perverted and that's wrong. Now, Jesus had just cursed a tree, like a literal tree, guys. Think about the tree in your front yard or wherever. Jesus literally cursed it, and then it withered and died. And he tells the disciples, don't even blow your minds at this. You guys can toss a mountain into the sea if you don't doubt and if you believe. So it sounds like anything is possible. If we believe it's not even limited to people being healed. We're talking about natural things. Elijah prayed and it didn't rain for years. Then he prayed again and it did rain. What if he just had faith and wasn't just the chosen one? So the privilege to believe lies on us. Jesus has already done the work on the cross. He's not going to die again. He made a way for us to get to the father. And now we have full access 
So the issue is never God's will. It's on us to believe and to manifest the kingdom full of faith in him. We're not having faith in our ability to pray the perfect prayer or make sure that I've spent enough time with God or make sure I fasted before I went out and did evangelism. That's works. We pray from a place of belief that our Father in heaven hears us when we pray and he is going to move on our behalf because we are in accordance with his will. Listen, you can't find a single place where Jesus said no. You won't find it. You won't find anywhere where God says, it's not my timing, or where Jesus said, it's not the Father's timing. You won't find anywhere where it says, one day you'll be healed in heaven. You just won't find it. Now listen, we aren't healers. I'm not a healer. I'm a believer. The Bible says that these signs follow those who believe. It's all about belief. All I have to bring to the Lord is my sin and my belief in him. He's forgiven my sin. He's washed it away completely. And now I'm left standing here leaning all of the weight of my life and all of my faith in him. All of my eggs are in that basket. I don't have a plan B. And I go at it the same way when it comes to healing. Jesus said, heal the sick. He didn't say, ask me to heal the sick. In fact, the Bible says there's going to come a day where you're not going to ask me anything. You're going to go straight to the Father in my name. Why? Because Jesus is done doing what he needed to do. It is finished. He is in heaven. He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit. We have access to God. He is our mediator, making intercession for us and prayers on our behalf every day to the Father. And now we have perfect access to God, and it is our privilege to walk in faith. So, take authority. Know who your father is. Know that you have full access to him through Christ. Lean all of your weight, all of your faith on him and pray from that place. When I pray for the sick, I just say this because I know it's true. God, I thank you that you hear me when I pray and you love this person. You paid the price for their body to be healed. I command this, whatever, to be healed right now. Pain, leave, sickness, leave, limitation, leave now in Jesus' name. I pray something like that. I don't have a method, but I keep it short and simple because it's not about my perfect, elegant prayer. I'm taking authority over the sickness, and I'm commanding it to go, and I'm commanding that body to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ because I want God to receive the glory through this person by being healed so that they know at the end of the prayer Man, God's the one who healed me, not this guy. I don't even want them to know my name. I want them to know that that guy prayed that I would be healed in the name of Jesus, and I was. Now I'm really interested in this Jesus person because he just healed my body. I can't tell you how many encounters I've had like that. Now, what happens when someone doesn't get healed? How do we respond, and how does that fit? We're going to talk about that Sunday night at 6 p.m. Central. The next episode will drop. But I promise you, it's going to leave you in a place of faith. Because as I just told you, and I'll, and I'll hint to how we respond, it's all about belief. It's not about you. It's not about performing. It's not about praying the perfect prayer. It's about having faith. We get the privilege, the great privilege to pray in the name of Jesus. What an honor it is. We get the great privilege of believing and taking him at his word. So let's do that today.